Welcome to Our Story, a podcast where ordinary people share extraordinary stories. My name is Atherva, and today I'm joined by Trisha Makarski. Hi, Trisha. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well as well. Uh, good to hear from you. It's I think yeah, we, you too. I think we've only met twice in person. I think the first time was at the happy hour at University of Buffalo's like um, welcome program that your sister and I attended, and uh, yep. you were her uh, guest of honor, I guess. I I went along for the free drinks. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what, where we got introduced, and then. The second occurrence was when you actually hosted this really cool event and I was a runway model for the day. So, you know, I could add that to my resume. Thanks to you. Yes. Thank you so much for doing that. I needed models and you helped me out greatly by doing that. (laughs) Hey, it's not every day that someone asked me to be a model. So I was uh, happy to do it. Good. I'm glad. It was a great experience for the both of us. Agreed. So uh, I know you're like heavily involved in fashion. I think you have one of the coolest jobs in the world. And before we dive into any of that, I kind of want to get to know just a little bit more about Trisha. Uh, So if I were to like look up your name on Wikipedia, what would that first paragraph say for you? Hmm. That's a great question. I should have a Wikipedia page. And what would it say? Um, I would say that I am a (laughs) Buffalo local celebrity. Uh, I would say that I am known for my um, unique fashion sense, uh, mostly uh, retro style. And I would also just put that I am a kind person. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, now I want to get to know a little bit more about the first thing you said about uh, a local Buffalo celebrity. What do you mean by that? That sounds like I'm real full of myself. That's not what I really meant by that. But it just (laughs) meant like, um, I don't know, Buffalo is like a small town and I feel like everyone knows everyone. And so, yeah, it's like, if you mentioned me to someone, there would definitely be someone who'd be like, oh, I know Trish or I know Trish's sister or I know the McCarsky family. Like, it's just, I think, especially with like social media nowadays, that's just, it's just so common to know somebody who knows somebody. And I can't agree more. I think it's pretty unique to Buffalo. I've moved around a lot and I find that more common here than other places. Have you ever heard of like the phenomenon, like seven degrees to Kevin Bacon? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like in Buffalo, it has to be like two degrees tops. Oh, for sure. I completely agree. (laughs) So very cool. And now you mentioned about your um, uh, fashion involvement. And I got a little bit of a glimpse of that when you uh, hosted this event. Uh, But before we talk about that event specifically, just kind of give me a background of like what led you down that path. Um, what led me down my, my fashion path? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is kind of a, a tough question because there's a lot of, a lot of background. So I don't know where to begin to start. Hey, um, it's a podcast. So wherever you want to start, we've got all the time in the world. Okay, cool. I'll tell my story. So when I was in high school, you know, in high schoolers, it's like 
you kind of have to decide what you want to be. You have to decide where you want to go to college, what you want to do. And at such a young age, it's like, you're not exposed to the world. You don't know what career options are out there. You don't know. You only see like what you see, like the mailman, a firefighter, a police officer, someone who works at a store. There's so many jobs out there that you wouldn't ever think of if you're not exposed to it and you don't see it and you don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And also I didn't really do too well in school and I didn't really care for school, especially in high school. So I ended up going to, um, I went to a SUNY school, Delhi, which is uh, like a half hour outside of Oneonta. And it's a small school and I went for hotel resort management. Um, And I didn't do very well because I spent a lot of time partying and not a lot of time going to classes. I also realized I had no interest in doing anything with hotel resort management. I just, that was just something like I knew was a career option. And I was like, oh, this seems like something I should do. And so I did that and realized I didn't like it. Um, Shortly after that, I came home from school and I was living at my parents' house. And that was awful because I wasn't going to school for a while and then my parents were so disappointed in me and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and so I was like, well, if I get a job, then I could just work and I don't have to go to school cause I don't want to go to school. So then it was like, um, my whole family was like, you have to go to school. And I was like, well, why, why do I have to go to college? And all my sisters are super smart and college and school has always come so easy to them. And I feel like they always knew what they wanted to do. And so I felt like they just like, nobody understood me. So uh, it wasn't until I was like 20. So I was just a living quick with question. My... Just a quick question there. Uh, how many sisters do you have and where in that, uh, like uh, which uh, number are you in that sibling count? Um, so I have three sisters, two older, one younger. Um, and me and my two older sisters are all 18 months apart. And then my younger sister, Mariah, who you know from school, is five years younger than me. Got it. So did you feel like that had anything to do with, like, uh, because you were, like, maybe the third or middle child, it was like, eh, you were the forgotten one? Um. I don't think I was the forgotten one because I definitely made myself not forgotten. But um <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Why did that come off right? I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, no, I I completely understand what you mean. Kind of like a Malcolm in the middle type deal. Um, exactly. But, yeah, very yeah. well. But I was definitely like a Reese if it was Malcolm in the middle. I was like kind of like bad. <laughs> yeah, that was I was definitely a Reese. I like that. Um, okay. But I don't know. It was just I don't, I, I was just very different than my sisters and I don't think my parents understood that. And yeah, like even like, even, I don't even look like my sisters. I always just thought I was like, not, I didn't think I was the mailman's baby, but I could refer to myself as the mailman's baby because I'm just (laughs) so different. I feel like. Yeah, that's funny. And 
the reason I ask is like, I always find sibling dynamics have shaped so many people and it always intrigues me. Like in my situation, like I have a younger sibling, but we're so far apart that, um, like the way I grew up versus the way she's grown up is like night and day different with my parents. Yeah. And then it makes you guys so different. And then like, when you tell a story about your mom and dad and your siblings, like what? They weren't like that to me. And it's like, well, they were like that to me. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I I cut you off, but that kind of helps me understand like, uh, you know, your, your childhood and, and what made you, uh, into the person you're today, uh, would you say, uh, would you say it would have been different if you were like, uh, the oldest or the youngest or if, if different any way at all? Um, I don't think the, the, the age range would, would make any real difference. Well, maybe because having older sisters, I feel like, uh, well, I'll, I'll circle back to your original question. Um, or where I was in the story before, actually, when I was 20, I was living Uh with my older sister, Kara. So she's second in the lineup. And like, I feel like she's always had everything really together and always had a clear path of what she wanted to do after high school. Um, she's a speech language pathologist. Um, so she was going to UB at the time and I was living with her by UB South campus and I was working two jobs, um, just to pretty much afford rent with her and not going to school, just like working just to live and just, I don't know what I was doing. So it was my older sister, Kara, who was like, Hey, like, have you put some thought into like what you want to do? And I'm like, with what? And she's like, well, like where you want to go to school, what you want to do with your life. And I'm like, well, no, and she was the one who kind of put pressure on me that to be like, well, okay, well, you're going to have to decide like, what, what are your passions? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? And I'm like, that's when I started, um, I don't know, looking into more options of really thinking about what I did want to do and what are, could be possibilities and what something I could go to school for that I could actually, uh, have an interest in so it would keep me focused in going to school Mm -hmm. um so I actually went to community college well there was some time that I went to Erie Community College and I took a bunch of classes I took some English classes I thought I wanted to be like an English teacher but anyways I ended up at Genesee Community College which is outside of like Batavia area so um it's probably about a 45 minute drive from Buffalo. And so I was living in the city of Buffalo at the time and would drive 45 minutes every day to school there and then 45 minutes back. But they had a fashion merchandising program that I was like, all right, I'm going to do this because I always like fashion and I'm not taking like a super huge risk here. I can still have my apartment in Buffalo and I can not spend a lot of money going to school here. So like if things didn't work out, I dropped out. It wasn't like I'm taking this massive risk moving away and spending a lot of money on school. And that actually worked out in my favor because I ended up doing super well. I got a 4.0 two semesters in a row, which I'm always super proud of. Um, And then from there, I went to uh, Buff State and then got my four years degree in fashion merchandising and textile technology. Okay, so 
the first couple of years of school was just more of like an exploratory phase where, uh, you know, you weren't too sure of what really fit your niche. And then once you came across this fashion program, it really clicked. And that's how you decided, all right, this is the career path for me. Is that correct? Yep, that's it. Okay, cool. And after the four years of Buff State, uh, walk me through, you know, what career options you had from that degree. Okay, so I got my degree from Buff State. And well, actually, I should start with my last semester at Buff State. Um, I had to take an internship. And as you know, there's, well, maybe you don't know, I don't know. There's not a lot of fashion jobs in Buffalo. Uh, it's just, there's just not a lot. So um, it was actually my dad who was looking on like Indeed or something at the time and saw a job posting for an internship at Fisher Price um, for printing prototype fabric for uh, models. So my dad was like, you should apply for this. Like it's printing fabric. It has to do with like fashion and, um, you know, your degree. And I was like, I was super hesitant about applying. And this is because I had always, um, like since I left high school, I'd basically been supporting myself, always working two jobs to like afford my apartment and afford my car. So I was super afraid about taking an internship. I'm like, I do not want to take an unpaid internship. I do not want to like risk not being able to afford living on my own and having my independence. Um, but I ended up applying, um, getting the internship and found out that it was paid. So I went to, I would work the internship throughout the day and then I would take night classes at night. So I was still able to like maintain a living wage. So that actually worked out nicely. Um, then what happened from there, it was like, it's, it was kind of like the right, right place at the right time. There was an opening for a soft goods engineering position at Fisher Price, right as my internship was ending. So uh, I applied for that and I interviewed for that and I got the position. So once I was done with my internship, I was able to start as a soft goods engineer full time shortly after. Okay, that's very cool. But for folks that are not familiar, can you explain what uh, so Fisher Price, as we know, is a, um, a kid's toy company. Is that a fair statement? Yes. And then you said you were a, a fabric designer for models. What does that mean? Um, so in my internship, um, so basically, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to explain this. So as you know, there's like Target and there was... Um, Toys R Us, not anymore, but there's like Bye Bye Baby. Um, there's a bunch of uh, retailers, Walmart, that sell Fisher-Price products. And there's buyers at those stores that um, have an interest in looking at the Fisher-Price products and seeing what they want to take and sell in their stores or sell online. So my position when I was an intern was printing photo or printing prototype fabric um, of different fashions. So it could be like a star and moon fashion that I would print onto fabric. And then that fabric that I printed, um, using a sublimation printer would be given to the, um, sewing room, which is like the, 
model makers to sew up into uh, the actual product. And then they would show it to Walmart or Target or Toys R Us when it existed and be like, hey, like, do you like this fashion? Do you do you want it a different color? Um, kind of like a, a sample that uh, the buyer could see to say that whether they liked it or not. So fabric for when you say model, like, are we talking about dolls? Are we talking about like different action figures? What's the range here? Oh, I should have specified. Um, it was mostly for uh, baby gear products. So that's like a bassinet, a high chair, a bouncer. So my mom always refers to it as baby furniture, which is pretty much what it is. Okay, got it. So basically the the design that's on these baby furnitures is what you pretty much created. So it, when I was an intern, I wasn't creating anything. I was just basically well, I guess I was creating the fabric when I was printing it, but we had an actual team dedicated to like making the fashions. And I just did the, I don't want to say the labor of printing, but I did the labor of printing it. Got it. Okay. That's super cool. Like I always like, you know, you walk in these stores and you see this stuff and you never think about the behind the scenes that goes into it. So that's really interesting perspective. I know that so from your there's a lot to it. So it's like, I, when you're so into it, it's hard to like, explain to, to people because it's like, oh, they have no idea what I'm talking about. But when I deal with it every day, it's like, oh, I forget about it, you know? So I have to ask you, if you ever walk into a store, do you like, you, I know you don't have kids. So like, but do you still go down the baby aisle and see like, oh, I made that. Oh, I know where this came from. All the time. Yep. And like, even like when I go to Target, like if I see the Fisher Price model and like something is is you know how they have display models out so you can like kind of feel and touch it and and see what it's like i always mm -hmm. like make sure like the mattress looks nice or if there's like a little character head i make sure it's not crooked i make sure the toys are facing straight forward i always adjust it to make ours look the best in in the in the lineup of competitors <laughs> i love it i love it and you feel a sense of ownership so I used to work at uh, General Mills, which is, uh, you know, in consumer goods, uh, many brands. And uh, I specifically worked on like Nature Valley, uh, all the cereal products. And anytime I walked down the snacks aisle or the cereal aisle, like I for sure to this day, look at the box to figure out where it was made, what line it was made on. Uh, and just feel a sense of pride that, Hey, I had a part in making this product. So yeah, that's I so feel cool. like, I feel like that's how you're describing your role too. It's like you, when you see it on the shelf, you're like, okay, I had a part in getting that up there. So that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Consumer products is a, is a fun line of work for sure. Agreed. All right. So now from your internship, you walked into your first, uh, would you say, uh, full-time job where it was, you know, that was the first step to your full-time career. Yes. So I guess since this is a podcast and we have all day and we want to talk about where we want to go with things, I guess. So I'm, I'm working this, this job right now and I love it. I love working in consumer products. Um, and I'm, my job, I get to be involved with a lot of different 
parts of the company. I get to be involved in manufacturing. I get to help consult with design and talk with design. I get to um, work with marketing. So it's like a multifaceted team that all works together to make this product. Um, And I love toys and I love um, making the baby furniture that we do. But I think one of the things how do I say this? I like my job, but sometimes I think, is there something else I want to do? Or is there something better for me? And then that's like, Hmm. I don't know. Okay. So let's dissect that. You're saying you like what you do, but you feel like your calling could be something, you know, I'll say it bigger and better. Is that fair? Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, very cool. So what would your, um, you know, no, no restrictions, you had all the resources in the world, what would your dream job be? Wow. I've always wanted to have a consignment shop and call it story behind it clothes. So anyone who uh, gave clothes to the consignment shop, if you're not con- familiar with what a consignment shop is is like you bring in your clothes but it's usually like nicer clothes and um you get money if after someone purchases it so if it's sitting on the rack for a long time you're never going to get money for it but basically i would um story behind it clothes would be people would bring in their clothes and they could write up do a little write up on the tag and be like hey like i wore these jeans on my first date with my now husband and we've been together for 15 years so kind of like people could read these sto- stories on the clothes and like kind of have like a maybe like inspiration and like want to buy it more. I think that would be my dream. That is a really interesting concept. So for someone that, you know, is in sweatpants all the time, I know very little about fashion. <laughs> uh, and I think the way you're describing it is something like, uh, you know, our neighborhood in Elmwood Avenue has like a lot of these unique shops. Uh, I feel like that would be a perfect fit for that scene. I agree. Yeah. And like okay. when I visit like places like New York City and um, I go to the shops there, I'm like, damn, my closet is better than these stores. And I'm just like, why aren't I selling things that I already have? <laughs> so you're you're less so interested in like creating like your own line of uh fashion it's more so uh creating a story behind the clothes you're trying to sell is that accurate yeah like i'm i'm really interested in the resale business like i love vintage clothes i love buying clothes from estate sales and garage sales and consignment shops um thrift stores um i know that like fast fashion like produces a lot of waste and ends up in landfills so like why not reduce reuse recycle ah that's very cool Mm -hmm. and like in vintage clothes like what my question is going to sound so uneducated because i know very little about about fashion uh well for me like like each decade has like a signature style of fashion when you say vintage, what does that entail? Like, are we talking about, uh, you know, what 
the Amish would wear, <laughs> or are we talking about? Um, <laughs> are we talking about some like those uh, uh, you know, disco pants? Like, where in the spectrum are we? Yeah, here? I really like things from the sixties and seventies. I feel like that's that's definitely my era. I feel like in a past life that was like my, my time. Um, I li- I have a huh. few things from the fifties, but I'm not really into fifty style. Um, things from the eighties, right. like you got a dime a dozen. So I don't care about that either. So you got to paint a picture for me. Like what can I envision when you say 50s, 60s, 70s? Um, okay. So sixties and seventies, you can picture like a lot of polyester double knits, um, lots of polyester, lots of bright colors, lots of oranges and yellows, um, bell bottoms like the disco stuff is what you're thinking is like what the 60s 70s stuff is just some of it was kind of toned down more but yeah like real mod stuff Hmm. okay very cool now uh do you like wear that on a daily setting like is that the fashion you walk around with I do yeah like I I obviously right now I'm not going into the office because what's going on in the world but um when I do go into the office I'm usually I call it um actually one of Mariah's friends coined the term for me um I call it going into full drag so like in the morning when I get up like I'll be like completely like I'm into it 70s I put on like fake eyelashes I'll put on like go-go boots and like a 60s outfit and like go to work and everyone's just like, all right, that's Trish. She's in full drag today. <laughs> so that that is something you own up to 100%. And, you know, that really defines your image. Um, and your end goal is to set up this consignment shop that uh, connects uh, these vintage stories to people nowadays. Now, do you think people could connect to that fashion sense or do you think that our generation um, and maybe the next generation won't really see that as uh, more than just like a Halloween costume or like a theme party kind of thing? Um, so two things. I don't see that as well, I guess as an end goal, it would be like, I still want to do so many more things in my life and then kind of end it not end my life with a consignment shop, but like have that towards the end. Cause I want to have a bunch of experience and more stories to tell. So when people come into my shop, they'd be like, yeah, this is Trish. She did blah, 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 blah. And she was on this reality show or something crazy. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be like, everyone knows it. But the other thing is like, I feel with the way the world is going with the environments and all this crazy weird things that are happening in the world. Like, I feel like more people are going to have to use clothes as like an outlet and people are going to have like more of an insight and like, I don't want to contribute to landfills. So I want to buy secondhand. I want to wear these clothes that someone else wore in the sixties and seventies and had this wild time and, and just put more into it. Okay. That's very cool. So you want to, uh, lack of a better term, you know, gain some stripes on your, uh, you know, resume before you could say, all right, I've earned this credibility to start yeah. this shop. Is that like a good yeah, way to definitely. look at it? Like I want, like, like you said at the beginning, like, Oh, what, what's it going to say when people look you up on Wikipedia? Like 
this is my Wikipedia page now, but like later on, it's going to be like so full. There's going to be like sources and it's going to be like 500 sources because there's just so much on the internet about me. That sounds like I'm so full of myself. I'm not. <laughs> no, that just sounds like you're good. Yeah. I love it. So what is on the to-do list then? I don't know. See, that's like, that was one of the reasons why like I wanted to talk to you and come on the podcast because it's just, it's, it's, I feel like everyone's trying to figure it out. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm just, especially now since it's COVID, right. Um, also I, I, mm-hmm. I have a side note. I work with, um, uh, uh, the offices in China a lot. And, um, when they talk to me in email, they refer to COVID and like working from home as current special period. So that's also what I refer to it now. This time is current special period. So if you hear me say that, that's what this is. COVID is current special period. Um, Got it. I guess that's what the Chinese call it. That's the uh, yeah. It's kind I of like uh, it's kind of like a positive spin on it. So so like now everyone has this time at home. Um, people are starting hobbies. Like I am definitely, I definitely started making banana bread this current special period because that's what everyone's been doing, starting to bake. So I've been trying to like, okay, so I have this huge closet full of clothes, a lot of it vintage, a lot of it, like I haven't even like worn out in public. Um, so I've been trying to post on Instagram, like my work from home looks but I try to do something like wild and weird. Like I posted me wearing a mermaid costume and I posted me wearing a figure skating costume, just like weird things that like I have that maybe like might bring people joy when they see and like, I don't know, inspire them or make their day. So I'm just trying to like figure out what I'm kind of beta testing my life on Instagram right now. Now, that's really cool. And are is your goal to go down like the influencer path then? You know, it's hard because I don't, it's hard because I don't want to say I don't want to be an influencer because I don't want to, all these influencers you see on Instagram, they like promote fast fashion and other cheap things that end up in a landfill. And I, that's not really what I want to do. Um, but I don't know. I don't know exactly what I want to do. And so that's like one of the reasons why I'm just kind of beta testing, seeing like throwing it out there, seeing what sticks and seeing what happens from it. Hey, that's the best way to find out. So I hope you find your niche. That's really cool. And for folks that are intrigued, what, what do they have to search on Instagram to find? uh, I'm Trish Trisha on Instagram. Can you spell that out for me? T-R-I-S-H-T-R-I-C-I-A. Trish Trisha. Okay, very cool. All right, and now I kind of want to switch gears and uh, you know use this as a learning opportunity for myself. So, I, as I said earlier, for a guy that's you know pretty much always in shorts or sweatpants, what fashion advice can oh. you give me? I mean, I know I've been a runway <laughs> model before, so I don't need any advice. But like, <laughs> uh, what advice do you um, have for me? I my advice for you and for anybody listening is. Um, just a lot of people like if I wear something weird or crazy everyone says oh I could never wear that but like what is the reason you can never wear it 
and I can wear it, right? There's no reason. Wear whatever you want. There's there's should be no limitations. You shouldn't be have to say to yourself, oh, I could never wear that. Just wear it. Own it. So are you, so are you saying I could pull off one of the many clothes? For sure, yeah. If you if you put it on and you just own it, <laughs> then it's you. Just do it. Hey, maybe I'll have to take you up I can on do that, that someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome i really appreciate it trisha uh and uh, hopefully with this uh, coronavirus situation winding down uh maybe uh, uh i get to see you out on the streets in your fun costumes <laughs> yeah for sure i would like that there's a quote by bill knight that says everyone you'll ever meet knows something you don't and today i learned life isn't always perfect but your outfit sure can be Thanks, Trisha.